the beat of sports, Mardano's on this uh, Monday. As I said before, and when I said the system worked, it, it wasn't justifying what the committee did. My point is that chaos has been part of this sport for decades, and it, it, it will always be. And that's why it's a great American uh, soap opera. For years, Brad Edwards at ESPN was the person that they turned to to crunch BCS numbers, and he was supposed to tell exactly what was going to uh, happen when it came to those rankings. And um, Brad's out of that uh, a chaos, but still observes college football, and he's kind to join us as he's done before um, on uh, the program. Uh, was there a party that missed all that juice on Saturday night and Sunday? <laughs> um. Kind of. I mean, in, in a way, uh, last couple of years, it's been fun to just kind of observe things from the standpoint of a fan and, and not have to be completely invested. Uh, although I will say, look, what I enjoy most is like week eight, not needing to stay up until 1 a.m. to watch or, or even, you know, 1.30, 2 a.m. in some cases to, to watch a, a great ending of of a, a ranked team from the Pac-12, you know, that I really don't care about. But it's just like I know I might have to talk about it or know about it at some point. Um, it's nice to not have to do that anymore. But I, 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 did, I did stay up and watch all of that uh, Pac-12 championship game on Friday night, though, because that was a great game. That was worth watching and obviously was up Saturday night with, it, with all of that. Stuff. It was a great game. Right, you don't miss that that that, that, that random Oregon Hawaii game that could impact right, the schedule, <laughs> hey, right? I gotta <laughs> tell you, in, in the BCS days, the worst was when <laughs> June Jones had Hawaii rolling and they were ranked, and you had to stay up right. until all of those games were over, and it was oh. Give me your thoughts before we get to this week uh, past weekend's games. Did you think Florida State was in trouble before we got to uh, Friday and Saturday? Yes. Uh, now, I mean, in trouble, uh, I mean, that, that obviously could mean a lot of different things. I, I thought they were vulnerable. I, I thought there was a possibility that even if they won, if they didn't look impressive offensively, that there were scenarios where if the wrong teams won the other games from the Florida State perspective, that they could get left out. Um, I, I saw that possibility. And then, of course, when they had to go to the third quarterback, it was like, ugh, you know, because because if if Rodemaker is able to play again and you see a little bit of improvement from the first one, then it's like, okay, there's something to build on. But when you got to go to number three and now you don't have any additional data to go off of with the guy who would be quarterbacking them, and I guess will quarterback them in the postseason, um, that added another layer to it. And, and obviously that's that's the way it shook out. Uh, I can't change what happened, but but I asked this question before. If Jared Verse suffers the same injury, I don't know anybody get that injury, but if it's Jared Verse instead of Jordan Travis, and Florida State wins the two games by the same score and Travis mm-hmm. is okay, my point is the sexiness of the quarterback position, the attention we give it is a factor. If Jared Verse is injured and it's the same outcomes, do we have the same four? No. No, I I, I think it's all about the the quarterback. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. If if Travis didn't get injured and he played both of those games, and let's say his performance was exactly the same as his backups who did start the Florida and Louisville games, as much as people would have been going, hey, what's wrong with the FSU offense? Man, they haven't looked good these last two games. They'd still be in. I, it, it's It's just the fact that, 
the quarterback who um, had a big hand in leading them to, you know, most of that undefeated record is no longer there and that you could see that, that the offense was not as good without him in there. That's what opened the door. And, you know, and look, there's been a lot of talk about how, hey, you know what, they, they left an undefeated, you know, Power Five champion out. And they, they did, obviously. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. But there's an asterisk there in that they did it because of an injury, because of one specific injury to probably the only player on the team whose injury would have mattered. And that's why we ended up where we are. And, it, and it's a situation – I saw the, you know, the, the, the posts on social media – um, where Travis said that, you know, he wished he had been injured earlier in the season. And for better or worse, um, he is right that the committee would have had more information. Now, would Florida State have won all those games without him? I doubt it. Um, but if they had, then I, I think that they they would have ended up in the playoff if they'd managed to, you know, go more than two games without him and had still found ways to win. Brad, we uh, we could yell at computers and they wouldn't respond. And the committee only sends out one person uh, for a Q and A, and I believe that they are human, like the rest of us. And yeah. uh, they, you know, they follow college football some more uh, than others. But I'm curious, whatever metrics are applying now, a decade into this, what has worked in your view, and what hasn't worked in your view of the human element for ten years now? Well. I- to me, I think the flaw from the very beginning with the selection committee and the way that they, they wrote the protocol is that they've used the word best, okay? And, and I, I guess it's a word that, that could have different meanings to different people. Um, uh, maybe I'm in the minority, but to me, best, and it definitely is a subjective term, but to me, it's simply a matter of if, I, if I'm asking who is the better of these two teams, I kind of ask myself, if they played 10 times, do I think one of these teams would win at least 7 out of 10? And if so, I think that team's better than the other one. If it's like 6 and 4 or 5 and 5, then then I, I think it, it's really tough to say. And in that case, you might need to go to other criteria to kind of sort it out and give someone an advantage. But when when you start off with the idea that this you know, best or better, in, depending on, on whether you're comparing, you know, just two teams head-to-head or, or a group of them, when you start off with the idea that that is somehow contingent upon metrics, whether that be a conference championship, um, a number of losses, uh, strength of schedule, things of that nature, I, I, I think you're creating something else that's not truly what, what I believe best means. It's, it's some sort of hybrid, and I think that's where they've gotten themselves into trouble, and obviously the way that they're able to cherry-pick certain criteria to justify ranking this team over that one. And then, of course, I mean, like yesterday's a great example where, where you hear later on in the rankings, oh, Liberty you know, got the spot over SMU because Liberty was undefeated. And it's like, well, that didn't mean a whole lot for Florida State being undefeated. Um, but but that's that's been the case for ten years of this. Is that is that in some cases? And now look, we talked about this all like, or they talked about it all during the um, during the regular season when when at one point you had Ohio State, which was ranked number one because of you know body of work because of resume, and then you've got a few spots later you've got Oregon as the highest ranked one loss team because they they've looked better. 
And, and so there's there's just this constant contradiction. And I, I think the idea that they were applying metrics um, and in somehow using them to determine best, and it's not just a single metric, but it's a combination of them, I, I, I think the thing was flawed from the beginning because of that. I wish um, one of Reese Davis' early questions uh, to Boo Corrigan was, Boo, based on you telling us Florida State is not better than these four teams, why are they ranked ahead of Georgia? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, I, and so I tweeted that out on Saturday night. I yeah. said, look, if, if this is being done logically, either Florida State should be third because the most important factor to the committee is the number of losses, and therefore you just put them – third of the three undefeateds, or they should be at least seventh. Because if you believe Texas and Alabama are better than Florida State, or when I say that, I mean the current version of Florida State with a backup quarterback. If you believe those two teams are better than them, then how can you not also believe that Ohio State and Georgia aren't better than them? Or, or even Oregon. You could, you could throw them in, and I realize at that point you're getting to a two loss team over an undefeated team, and, and people are saying, oh, well, you know, but Florida State's a conference champion, and, you know, and Georgia and Ohio State aren't. Well, I mean, once again, like, this is where you're applying criteria. But the question is simply this, and here's, here's how I, here's how I would kind of look at it is if, if there was a, well, I, you know, let me just put it this way. I think if you were to ask each person on that selection committee individually, just point blank, simple question, who do you think would win? Who would you pick to win if Florida State with Rodemaker played against Oregon? Two-loss team that's not a conference champion. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think every person on that committee would tell you they think Oregon would win. Now, would they would they win ten times out of ten? No, I mean it's it, it's sports. Things happen. Um, Florida State has a great defense. They 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 would win that game a couple times. But as the the roster is currently constructed with the injury at quarterback, even Oregon, a two loss team that's not a conference champion, would beat Florida State the majority of the time, in my opinion. And I, I could be wrong, but I think most of the people in the selection committee share that opinion. And so to answer your question, yeah, I, I think if you're going to apply logic, then Florida State should be much further down than they are. Um, but for whatever reason, because they're a conference champion with a zero in the loss column, they weren't willing to do that. But to me, it just shows an inconsistency in the process. Yeah, I think it was pacifying by saying, okay, we'll just leave them at five, and, and, and Georgia didn't get in, so you know, it, it, it looks better. I want to end with this, and, and I'm sure you have an opinion to some degree, well, I know from being inside and, and now to a degree outside, but the theory that people have of the influence of ESPN, this is my opinion. I don't think someone's in the room nodding yes or no based on TV ratings, but I do think, Brad, that uh, the committee's human, and we acquire information on this great game by watching shows and hearing different opinion makers. It's impossible to say that they're not impacted by it. So I'm curious your view of what role the network and its personalities and its shows plays in what we end up having? Look, I think it's impossible uh, for the people on the selection committee to not uh, engage with college football conversation, you know, whether that's watching shows or reading articles or, or, you know, whatever may be posted on social media, there's going to be some sort of influence. And obviously, a majority of, of that or an outsized portion of that comes from ESPN. 
And so I don't think it's necessarily because the the playoff itself is televised by ESPN. I think it's just because so much of the conversation during the regular season is dominated by ESPN. And and I I think that there has to be some of that. Now that said, I mean, and you if you watch yesterday, this is pretty obvious. All of the ESPN personalities don't agree. I mean, people talk about it as if they're all on the same page and there's some sort of company line. There were plenty of people on ESPN yesterday who were saying that Florida State got a raw deal. And, and some of them were very upset about it. And, and so it's, it's not like the, you know, ESPN, and look, I don't work there anymore. I have, I have, you know, I, I have no, no reason to try to defend ESPN here. And I can tell you from all my years there, there's never an internal conversation like, okay, here's what we're going to do as a, as a group, guys. We're going to push for this team or this conference or, or anything like that. So that, that doesn't, Exist now when you when you get to the committee and you say okay are they doing something for the sake of ratings you know to help their TV partner I mean look there's no doubt that Alabama you know I mean it's not like Florida State's not going to rank but to have Alabama Michigan in the Rose Bowl I mean that that's going to do an incredible number but if if you believe that ESPN is influencing the decisions because of ratings look back to last year they put TCU in the thing. I mean, you could have justified keeping TCU out last year. You, you could have done that. I mean, you could go back um, in, in previous years and find times when you could have put Ohio State in instead of somebody else who doesn't rate as well. And so, look, I, I think because it is, it's worded the way it is where it's four best teams, if you really wanted to justify it based on that, you could put Alabama and Ohio State in that thing every single year <laughs> just, just based on that one criterion. And they haven't done it, so I, I think we just we need to we need to look at it from that perspective. And as, as much as it feels like there may be an agenda, look, if there truly was, Alabama and Ohio State would be in the thing every single season because th- those are the teams that are going to get the biggest ratings. And while they do get in it a whole lot, they don't get in it every single year. Yeah, and some people need to be reminded that uh, ESPN owns all of the ACC's rights, so it's not like they're trying to keep uh, something out that they don't have a business partnership with as well. Um, Brad Edwards is on uh, X or Twitter at Jane Brad Edwards. You can get the, the link there to his Gridiron and the Gospel podcast. Brad, good catching up. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. I was, this was just a crazy year, and uh, we're never going to see it happen again. Obviously, with twelve teams, but uh, but I, I, you know, unfortunately for Florida State fans, um, it, it happened, and, uh, and we all move on, and uh, we'll be glad it won't happen again. Thanks, Brad. Brad Edwards. You got uh, it. Take many care. years at uh, ESPN uh, used to be the numbers cruncher. We come back, uh, and there was NFL games played. We're going to get to the NFL in the eleven o'clock hour. We come back. A couple more things about Florida State. The outrage, and I get it uh, by the school, the commissioner. Some of our state lawmakers, that one I don't get, um, what it means. And I'll give you also something that the way the committee put the rankings would make a 12-team playoff a little bit odd. I'll explain that next. 